0: What's up, everyone? Welcome to the newest, latest episode of your favorite Orange County Soccer Club podcast, the only one available on the internets. And we're here to talk about the match against Las Vegas and a few other things uh, and preview tomorrow night's match against Los Dos. This is the Orange of Black Soccer cast. Mm -hmm. Orange
1: and Black Soccer Cast, the first and only podcast
2: dedicated to Orange County Soccer Club, its fans, and supporters. Follow us on Twitter at OCSC underscore
3: Soccer Cast, or on Facebook at Orange and Black Soccer Cast.
0: How's it going, Orange County? Welcome to another episode of the Orange and Black Soccer Cast, the first and only podcast dedicated to Orange County Soccer Club, its fans. And supporters, I'm your host Ray Samora, and I'm with you pretty much every episode, except for that one time, uh, you know, about 15 months ago when I was just too sick to be on on the air. But luckily, I had some great co-hosts that uh, handled their business while I was off there. One of those is the man who holds the record for most uh, times on this show, even though there was controversy with that one episode where he basically just like said three or four words throughout the whole episode, uh, and that's Dylan from Catalan Coalition, Dylan. How are you doing, my man?
1: I'm good, um, and I'm glad to be here. And once again, I would just like to state that even if you only appear for 30 seconds of a match, it still counts as an appearance. And you still get some sort of ownership of your uh, image rights. So anyway, I'm just apparently glad to be someone's,
0: here. Apparently, someone's back grabbing something out of the microwave while you're talking, to. So that's pretty uh, great uh, producing here by us. Um, someday, I will have a, a slightly
1: better space for this. I apologize. For this very professional operation that we run here,
0: uh, it's all good, Dylan. You know we're we're very not even close to being professional. One of the reasons is uh, our friend down in San Diego. The the reason we got him on here is because of all the potato chip bags he was opening on the USL show, and we just said, "Let's get him on here." We got to I'm going to always bring this up, Alan. Alan in San Diego, how you doing, man?
2: It was a kit bag. It wasn't a chip bag. It wasn't even like I could have snacks afterwards. So it's like, it hurts my heart that you think it's a chip bag because I didn't even get to enjoy chips. It was a San Diego Soccer's kit that I just picked up and didn't realize that it made that much noise. And yes, no, things are great down here. Um, We had a fun weekend. Uh, Rick Shantz called us unprofessional, uh, which is always, which always means that you're winning. Uh, so things are
0: going well well down here in San Diego. It's always nice. Uh, when those bad guys from Phoenix, uh, get frustrated or upset or whatever we want to say. Um, also got to welcome back as always the newest member of our team permanently, uh, is Brad up in Reno. Brad, man, how you doing, man? Well, I tried just like
4: Alan and not you guys, uh, watching a soccer game in person. And that didn't go so well either. More on that later.
0: Yes. I'm very interested uh, to hear your words, uh, Brad, from that uh, experience up in Oakland where you attempted to watch some soccer, uh, but apparently the league said no, uh, you can't watch it. And by the way, Brad, I'm loving the new uh, the new shirt you got on there. It's the first time I think you've sported it on the show, or did you wear it last week? I, I can't remember. I think I
4: wore the black one last week. I have two of them.
0: Nice. Perfect. Um, we have one additional guest on here uh, sometime person that joins us and he did join us at the live uh episode at the stadium a couple weeks ago and that's cameron cameron welcome back onto the the show man incredibly honored to be the sometimer
3: even though i'm gonna be writing on your website
0: <laughs> and... yeah yes yeah, yeah I, I didn't even tell the rest of the guys here i invited cameron to to share his thoughts on orange county on our website uh, a, to help us get more content on our website, and B, I mean, he likes to write, so I figured let's get him on here, um, and it'll help maybe draw a little bit more uh, eyes to his stuff as well, right?
3: Yeah, just uh, trying to grow the market that is Orange County, California. Don't mind the sunglasses. My eyes are hurting, and I need a little bit of dim dimness when it comes to the screen,
2: so... <laughs> Well, there's plenty of dimness here if we let me keep talking. No. <laughs> are my filters hey Are you changing the
3: brightness hey. of the
0: screen? <laughs> yeah, I, I was going to say, do you not have a laptop that actually works where you can adjust the screen brightness, man? I'm too lazy. It's okay. I can see everything in the reflection. So we look good.
4: I can confirm that. Yes,
3: we I'm doing the good work. I'm doing the good
0: work. <laughs> <laughs> there we go, right? <laughs> well, um, so we have Ten some stuff to <laughs> talk about here. We have some stuff to talk about here this week. We definitely have a match to, to discuss. It was a pretty a good match, although maybe the first half wasn't so good for Orange County. But, man, an explosion in that second half, especially from Damas, uh saw Orange County victorious over the weekend uh, and uh, stay uh, towards the top of the Western Conference standings. And, Dylan, your dinner is here, so feel free to go ahead and begin eating while we're talking about this. Don't Thanks mind us, that. Dylan. Do not mind us as we're discussing uh, – soccer and whatnot but let's let's talk about this vegas match uh let's talk about this dinner temp- first
1: look at this we got some cauliflower we got some rice
0: so it's, oh, yeah it's, here
1: we got some peas like, in there too that's a little bit of green oh that side so it's like that.
0: fancy dog food is what it looks like we're eating there so awesome yes um but let's talk about this this match right in vegas at kickoff the temperature was 111 degrees at kickoff almost ridiculous when it comes to soccer. I was hoping to get one of the newest members from Europe onto our podcast tonight, just to ask him the question, what was it like experiencing a kickoff at 111 degrees uh, in the Vegas desert, but we didn't get a chance to work that out. Um, But let's go, I'm going to go first to you, Dylan, Um, your thoughts on the match overall. And, and we'll get into more details of the match a little bit, just your overall thoughts on the match.
1: Um, I don't think it was a great performance from us, but I think it showed kind of generally how things go for Orange County where we maybe don't start all that well, but we usually can close off matches. Um, Twenty nineteen was kind of an exception to that where we generally just would kind of tail off at the end of things, but I think we improved this time and on. Um, Kobe Henry got a start, which was um, interesting. He didn't seem to fare as well as he did this time last year, but the pressure was on um, as this match actually meant something. Um, that being said, he's 17 and he still did pretty well. Um, and, oh, yeah, Ronaldo Damas is very, very good. There's no doubt as to why he was the golden boot holder. And I don't know how many weeks we're going to say this, but he's incredible.
0: Yeah, I uh, I was impressed with him. I was impressed with uh, Kobe Henry as well uh, on that match. I, I, I have a little problem with the Las Vegas announcers because I think they kept harping on his age and his inexperience the entire match. And let me say this. I think he held his own... um I mean, they made a few comments like he's he's relying too much on Kevin Alston uh, as his, like, outlet, and he's, uh, you know, maybe not quite ready for the stage. I don't know if I heard it differently than some of you. I'm going to go... Alan, I know you were focused more on the San Diego match, so I'm going to hold off really quick on you because I think Brad maybe was focusing a little bit more on the Orange County match uh, on Saturday night. So, Brad, what were your thoughts on the match in general, and what were your thoughts on how uh, the Vegas announcers were describing Kobe Henry throughout the match? So...
4: I was able to watch it half from Bart, half from my home last night uh, because I was heading back from Oakland. Um, But as for the announcers and talking about Kobe Henry, you know, I think that's a little unfair to him as a player because when you first rode a bike as a kid, you know, you were in your, what, like four, threes? I don't know when most people ride their bikes. That's when I did. You rely on training wheels, you rely on something to help you. What's wrong with a 17 year old kid who has, a handful of starts in professional soccer, relying on his teammates for help with what he should be doing and where he should be going, you know? Otherwise, I thought he played pretty all right, you know? I cannot complain about him. Um, in terms of the actual game itself, uh, Ronaldo Damas scored so quickly twice that I thought there was a, uh, a glitch in the, in the scoreboard, and then I had to rewind and was like, oh, he actually did score twice, which was pretty cool. And let's not mention, you know, let's not fall short of uh, Robert Kiernan's header there, you know, big man from Scotland getting on the board there. So definitely a a good second half tail two halves. um, Maybe, maybe kind of gone. uh, What's the word I'm looking for here? Maybe the goalie change was something. I don't know what happened there in terms of Rakovsky off and uh, Romero on. Um, so I'd like to be a fly on the wall in that decision, but definitely a very fun game to watch.
0: Yeah, I I think the you know the focus on Henry in the back. I mean, I mean it's it's. Difficult. Again, he's young and he, he performed well for, you know, his lack of experience. I mean, he performed pretty well back there. It's not like he was our weak link on the defense. Uh, You know, I mean, I guess maybe he was, but I I'll take that weak link um, out of any, uh, out of anyone there is. Although I will say, I I feel like there was a few times Rob Kiernan uh, almost looked Michael Orozco esque with some of his uh, aggressive challenges or attempts uh, that made Kobe Henry have to sort of fill in. I, I, I can remember one of his stops. Uh, where you know he was just waiting and I think the I can't remember who it was on Vegas just had a little hard touch or heavy touch on the ball and Kobe was very smart just waiting for that mistake and then once he saw it he pounced on it uh, I'm gonna go to you now Alan I, I I'm sure you've watched this match you know at some point I know you didn't again did probably didn't watch it live um, what were your thoughts overall with the performance and, uh, of this team in that crazy hot environment in Vegas uh so i'm
2: going to disagree with brad a little bit i think that if you're going to step into a professional team and start on the back line there's some expectations that you play like a professional uh, and we judge these players as professionals regardless if you're 17 or not right i think playing against vegas they have 17 year olds on their team as well so i think yes you are it's okay that you rely on some of your teammates uh, but also you need to judge him based on a professional um, and as a professional I I thought that he still has some development to do, Um, and I I think games like this are very important for him. Even if he struggles a little or only finds Alston as his outlet, now you can readdress it in practice and say, hey, here's where you struggled, Uh, and just be real. I think being honest and real with his performance, I don't think it was great, but I don't think it was uh, terrible. Um, I thought Orange County was very lucky to uh, only let in one goal this match, um, I thought that Las Vegas really took it to them kind of early on, um, especially kind of toward the end of the first half. Uh, and then, it again, Orange County coming out flat seems to be something that kind of uh, hurts them, and they don't recover. But what we saw from the second half is a team that was really, uh, really looked to uh, change the, uh, the flow of the match their possession, Orange County's possession was 60% first half and only 51% the second half. But what you saw was increased shots, increased uh, chances, um, and an increased kind of pressure to score. And then it was like, all right, we're up two, we're up three. We don't have to push as hard. It's 8 million degrees. We're playing on the surface of the sun. Uh, overall, a pretty good match. Las Vegas is hard to play and hard to beat at home. Um so it's nice to see Orange County walk away with three points um, and be able to come back um, and kind of take over that game for a short period of time and really make the most out of those opportunities.
0: Yeah, definitely. Um, let me jump to the the dude in the 70s cop glasses, which is Cameron. Uh, Cameron, uh, your thoughts on the match and uh, you know how the team played overall in such a crazy... Uh, environment, not just the heat, but you know, the kiddie pools on the sidelines, the, the smoke going off for like the first 10 minutes of the match, um, you know, all these things that go on in Vegas. So we know it's Vegas. That's what happens. Right. But what were your thoughts?
3: I mean, Vegas was phone party FC. Am I right? Oh, is that, that, that's his no, a, not not a, not a, not a match? A, right. I mean, go for it. Well, no, the, you thing to is, no, no, the thing is the bubble, like they used to do like the bubble parties like back in the day. Like when they first started, it was a big deal. I lived in Vegas for like half year in 2005. And so I can contest that it's just super hot. But, you know, Orange County's now throw in SC, you know, two throw-ins, two goals. And then, you know, two uh, two consecutive wins after a very tough week uh, is always good. You know, Orange County SC is I need a pick-me-up SC as well. You know, I guess, like, you'd rather, like, start slow and end strong. I think especially in music. Like, you don't want to put your best stuff out early and just uh, just Peter out. But, you know, they can't keep this up forever. Um, They really did get lucky against LAFC, two, And, yeah, they got the quick-fire goals. Ronaldo Damas is – he's the bee's knees. And, you know – we kind of forget that Thomas and Volson's hurt now.
0: Yeah. Let, let's, let's not forget um, that uh, there, those throw-ins were, were darn amazing. Right. I actually um, on, on after the first goal, when we scored off a throw-in, I was the second one. I'm like at where they're, you know, that played a part of them. I told my son, Hey, watch this. This is, this guy's going to throw it far. It's going to be really cool. Um, and that Rob Kiernan header, that was a beauty. And I, I'm so excited for that guy. Cause um, he's been an awesome part of this team since joining last season, and he had to deal with all of COVID and the craziness that goes on with that. Um, he's been a a good part of our show, jump jumping on a few times with us and discussing, you know, things. And he's he's very blunt. and And there was this like altercation that happened towards the end of the match. I don't know if any of y'all caught it on the stream and uh, can sort of explain what you saw on that. I didn't quite pay attention to what was going on with uh, that altercation. Does anyone want to jump in and just discuss that briefly?
2: I do want to say to not change the subject that on this podcast, we did ask Kiernan who would score more goals, him or Orozco. And he said Orozco because he's not like a big offensive guy. And so I think orange and black soccer cast is the reason why Robbie Kiernan had that little thought in his head of scoring goals that allowed that throw in goal to happen. So I think that this podcast should take some credit for like putting that what is that movie, uh, Inception? We like Inception Robbie Kiernan into scoring that goal. We put him in but, like
3: three dimensions.
2: Yeah, we had to go a couple <laughs> layers deep there. We had to go a couple
3: um, layers deep on that one.
1: <laughs> I think it's worth noting that if you if we ask him, and we were to ask him, um, would he take a, a clean sheet over having scored that goal, which took a lot of pressure off and probably earned us three points, I think he would have taken that. Even if it was a 1-0 victory, I think he would have, he would have happily passed on that goal. Um, to answer your other question, Ray, I'm sure he was winding guys up because we saw it last year um, against San Diego and against basically every time we play a team, even in the preseason, he was winding up guys from Los Dos. Um, it's part of his game. And like, we've seen some refs be pretty trigger happy when it comes to yellows. So, you know, why not? Maybe you get a guy to do something a little bit rash and a little bit stupid and he picks up a, a suspension and and you get, you know, he's good. A slightly easier go around the next time you play them because maybe it's something that takes a long time,
0: yeah. And I another, think, uh, oh, go ahead. Sorry, <laughs> and
3: another Brent bomb, Brent Richards. Throw in, Brad, just throw in. Oh, yeah, another no, Brent uh, bomb amazing. as well. I'm used Brad to knows those as well.
0: The Brent yep, bomb. I'm used to those, <laughs> Brad's familiar <laughs> with those. Yeah, I, I think, uh, Dylan. Uh, our good friend of the show, Andy, is calling you out, saying he thinks you know a little bit more than you're willing to talk about with the end of the match stuff. But um, I won't press you for it. I'm not going to force you to answer anything. I, I cannot speak. If
1: I speak, I am in big trouble, and I don't do not want to be in big trouble. <laughs> uh, you should not be in
0: trouble. So let's do this. Uh, it, I, I'm gonna. It's probably safe to say that most of us will pick Ronaldo Damas as the man of the match for this. Um so I'm gonna ask who was the secondary man of the match. Unless you have a different man of the match. Feel free to 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 say that. I'm gonna go to you first, Brad.
4: Oh man, I love being put on the spot first. Um I'm probably gonna go with uh Kevin Alston. Uh he had an assist on Ramos on da- Damis's second goal and uh he was a stalwart on the back today or Saturday, so that's my man of the match or backup man of the match for Davis.
2: What about you, uh, Alan? Robbie Kiernan. He's on my playing
0: for pride fantasy team and he scored a goal as a, as a center back. I will take that every day of the week. That is that is bonus points. When you're looking at our, our scoring system for the fantasy, uh, fantasy soccer stuff, uh, that's definitely uh, uh bonus stuff for you on there, but man, let's not mention playing for pride fantasy because I mean, Andy's killing it with that Domus pick and Dylan's in first place. I mean, by the way, so Dylan's excited, um, and I, I found on our score sheet a little bit of a, a uh, something wrong with the formula on Chris Weehan for Dylan. So actually, when I adjusted it, it added more points even from last week uh, for Dylan's score. So Dylan's staying atop there with only, what, a couple games left or one game left? One game left this Las Vegas match. I think Dylan might take take the, the championship unless someone just comes up big. Um, yeah, I know. That's what yeah. I'm trying to do, really.
1: I'm up two one. It's the ninetieth minute, and you just want a corner. All, all the four people that are playing, I've just won a corner.
0: Uh, what about you, Cameron? Who would have, who would have been your, uh, like, man of the match outside of Thomas?
3: I'm gonna, I'm gonna parrot Brad. I'm gonna say Kevin Alston as well, and he's reliable. Um, I feel like, he, I feel like he didn't put a foot wrong personally. Um, was a threat going forward, and I think he did get the assist for one of Ronaldo's goals. So. I think he was a constant threat and I think that it was a very, very, I would say it's a very like consistent performance. Dylan,
0: your thoughts?
1: I'm going to parrot Alan and say that it was going to be Robbie Kiernan because um, I think the pressure was really on him for, I don't know what Ray is doing, but it's certainly distracting. And, um, I think the pressure was really on Robbie in this match to kind of keep things tight and, and kind of guide Kobe through this match and do it in some impressive heat against a. It's pretty real. Danny Masovsky is too good of a player for USL. Um, lights are very lucky that he plays for them by by nature of being LAFC's two-team. Um, so he did well to kind of contain that. And, and shout-out to Kevin Alston and uh, Avion Flanagan for doing the same thing because they were you know, you can concede a lot of goals in Vegas. Just ask Phoenix, um, just ask Orange County. Uh, only conceding one. There's not bad. That was a, that was a good performance from him.
0: Oh, Andy scored. I mean, you, you can't go wrong. So I'm not, I'm not trying to distract you all. I, you know, from, for everyone that, follows me on sports knows that i'm a huge clippers fan and there's a big game right going going on right this moment like to the wire um so uh if you know my studio i have a tv where i can see what's going on i was sort of reacting to what was going on on the screen so i apologize um let's do this let's talk about the man who's probably one of the hottest if not the hottest player in the league at the moment uh and that is ronaldo damas um Dude, dude, I mean, that first game, uh, sorry, I'm, I'm squealing. I'm so excited about it. That first game against Tacoma, we sort of were worried because there was like, what, 20 million offside calls on him. Uh, and we're like, is this going to be a, a, a season-long thing that happens? He's figured it out rather quickly. Um, and now over the last, what is it, three, four, five matches, he, he, he can't be stopped. He's getting goals consecutive matches. Um, what is it now? Is it four or five matches that he scored a goal? Who's, who's got the number? Or is it three matches? Or I uh, I know he scored against Vegas. I know he scored five against and Oakland.
1: Five four? Yes, five and four because he was three for yeah. three going into or sorry, following the Oakland match. Um, and now he's five for four, yeah. which that's crazy. Um, I mean, that's kind of what Thomas Enavoldson did the first year he was here and to do it when you're young and it's kind of a, I mean, let's be real. It's been a chaotic uh, opening month to the season just with the injuries that we've had. And I think it, it means that he's got a good opportunity to do something, but I mean, look at him just banging goal after goal after goal. And, you know, he's a threat on set pieces, which is something that I think has been lacking. And it's not necessarily a threat as in like there's someone who's six, six in the box. It's a threat as in like, no one's going to pick this guy up and he's going to weasel his way through a couple guys on a run and, Banging in. And look, Nate Smith is just just stoked. Full-on party from Nate Smith. there. Yeah, and Brent Richard's is getting in it too. Look at our fullbacks. Look at how happy he is.
0: <laughs> that's, the, are, that's the thing I wanted to say, right? You look at Ronaldo Donis. I mean, he always seems to have a smile on his face. Uh, even when he's exhausted at the end of the match um on the ground, he just has this big old smile. You know, as a young player, he's just excited to be out there playing because he probably came to this opportunity with Orange County, knowing that he had to prove himself. He, you you come into the season having an Adam John and a, a Thomas and a Volton and an Eero Marketing that are sort of up top, and you have a Darwin Jones who plays on the right wing, which is sort of where Thomas can also play. Um, and through luck with some injuries, he's getting his moment to shine, and he's taking advantage of each and every moment. Um, and yeah, you look at some of the goals. Some of them are you know, he's just in the right place at the right time, and he's just s- smartly tapping it in. But there's something about being a good player and knowing your positioning. It puts you in those right spots at the right time and gives you those chances uh, to score. But I love that big old smile. If you're watching the live stream, the video we, clip, we just saw that big old smile on the face. Uh, let me go to you, Brad. Uh, thoughts on Ronaldo over the last you know, four matches and just sort of him uh, exceeding what probably any of us expected out of him this early in the season.
4: Yeah. Uh- it should be a bigger number. I don't know how many times I've watched Damus play and he kicks the He gets the ball and one-on-one with the keeper and the keeper just makes a splendid save. You know, that number should be six. It should be seven, maybe eight. But, uh, you know, it's a tale of like making me eat my words. I remember after the very first game against Tacoma, I said, how many offsides is, uh, Damus going to have, you know, he's, he's, jumping the gun a little bit. And I guess they've kind of worked out those kinks. You know, he's been a splendid player. Like uh, Dylan said, it's five goals in the last four games he scored in a row. Um, You know, hopefully he can keep this form up uh, because he is a fast player. He is a very talented player. And as Andy says, um, he's just so fast. People think he's offsides. You know, that's what happened in the Oakland game. Um, Although some people will say he actually was offsides. Uh, he's just that good. And you can see he's definitely taking his talent from being in league one with North Texas, I believe it was. And he's definitely making good at uh, the USL championship level for Orange County.
0: I'm going to throw it to Alan. Cause Alan was pointing at himself when you talked Ooh. about that open goal, thinking about offside Alan, <laughs> yeah, I mean, what, what do you have against Ronaldo, man? You're, you're, you're supposed to be an Orange County fan. Uh,
2: nothing. Um, it's just he was offside. Um, but I, I think when you look at these poacher type of goal scorers, I mean, there's reasons why some of these guys have tons of goals because they put themselves in the right position to end up with the ball bouncing to their feet with an open goal in front of them. And uh, he's a special player that marries kind of that speed wing back kind of player or winger kind of player, um, that can burn down. Uh, the side to set up a striker to score, but he also has that striker mentality of getting into the box, getting into those tough positions um, and really being able to um, put good strikes on the ball. Uh, he, he's got a good header. Uh, he's got good feet. And so he's just a talented player. And again, like you've mentioned before, just the joy he brings to the pitch, it's infectious. And so you want to root for him and, and, You know, you want to look the other way when he's, you know, a step offside because you know that for every four times he's offside, that fifth time he's going to burn somebody and going to score a goal. Um, So he just he puts himself in really smart positions. And uh, he seems like a really good teammate that people want to see be successful. And, you know, he's he's kind of that football is life from. um, That one show that I can't think of my name right now. It's Ted Lasso. Ted Lasso. Just that that infectious positivity that when things aren't going well, you know he's going to bring that positivity and everything's going to be all right. And I think that's what paid off in the Vegas game as well. It's just that that belief and that positivity that when things are not going well, you know you have that guy who's going to come up big for you. And he did it twice against Vegas. And um, I, I think he showed exactly who he is for this team and why fans should be supportive of him. And you're probably going to see his name on a bunch of jerseys over the next couple of uh, years, because I think fans are really going to take to him. I do.
0: So let me go to you really quick, Cameron, your thoughts on this, and then we'll move on. Um, If I'm going to, I'm going to ask you your thoughts on it, but also just ask uh, another question. If Adam, John and uh, Thomas and are healthy and in the game, uh, in, in the rotation, does Thomas have this opportunity or is he sort of stuck on the bench I mean, he's not going to be stuck on the
3: bench. I mean, I think, I think for what we've seen throughout the game, throughout most matches that I think Braden wants a target man and he'll throw on arrow marketing despite a goal scoring drought and a Voltson played up top. Um, I think that he would work pretty good down the right. I mean, he's, he's a good pace option. I think. You know, I think that – I just think that Braden wants either Ennevoldson or Markkinen in, in that position. I think if, if both of them are doing well, then one of them's going to be stuck there. So it's just – Ronaldo is a Swiss army knife in the offensive line. So, like, you know, if one of them – if Ennevoldson gets healthy, I don't see him going back to the bench. He's going to be playing down the right. That's, that's what I see.
0: Let me um, ask you quick, Dylan. Is is he doing too well at this point of the season, where now he's going to get called away from the the team uh, for international duty in our congested in our congested July?
1: So yeah, we did actually get this question before the um, before the episode started, and it's a question that's been on my mind when I saw the preliminary roster be revealed. But yeah, I think he's if he if he continues at this rate. Uh, We're going to have some problems in July, and Iremarkin is really going to have to step up um, and and start kind of leading the line, which I know is not necessarily the role that he's been tasked with yet. But um, it is going to be a massive headache for us if we lose uh, Ronaldo. And you know, to be honest, I want this club to do well, but can you find a Haitian striker that's more versatile and uh, in better form than him right now? I don't think he can. So, I think Orange County right now probably has to start planning to play without him, and um, hopefully someone's available for loan, and hopefully Thomasina Olson comes back.
0: Because, yeah, that's uh, that's that's the big question, right? Is is if he goes out on on international duty for a couple two to three weeks, what are we going to do to replace his productivity? Um, that's going to be scary. And I I do want to say like
1: to Cameron's point, I don't necessarily think that. Uh Eero really has a spot in this team at this point. Um if when if and when Thomas Involtson comes back, I, I don't see where Eero plays. Um and if DJ comes back then, then maybe you can do some sort of weird rotation thing, but uh, he's gonna play because it's gonna be a very congested July. But it's uh I think he's lost his spot at this point.
2: I also think Vegas is a tough place for a player like him to play. He doesn't have that speed. He doesn't have the ability to, to collect and turn. Um, you're going to use Eero on a wider, bigger pitch Vegas. You need, you need speed. You need guys who can move uh, really quickly in, in not a lot of space. And I don't think that stadium fits his strengths anyway. So I think it was a, a tough to ask for him to begin with, but yeah, I think he, his form is really dipping and I think maybe uh Maybe a week off, um, although I would my playing for pride team would take a hit, but maybe like a week <laughs> off just to kind of like give him a mental break and then kind of work on some stuff and training over the next couple of weeks for the next game against uh, Colorado Springs uh, the first of July. I think maybe that a little bit of a break might be good for him um, to work on some stuff because July they're gonna need they're going to need him. Oh, and so. Um- let me just say, hashtag bring Laurie back because I think
1: if his brother is in the country, you know, we got to get, uh, is it is it Larry? Yeah. Laurie? Yeah. Laurie, uh, Laurie. Laurie Markkinen, right? Laurie, Laurie Markkinen. Markkinen. Yeah, we get Laurie to a game. Now but, uh, then we can, um, you know, he'll be happier. He'll put on
0: a- Oh, no. When I listen to NBA stuff, I hear Laurie Markkinen is what most of the pundits say. So uh, that's the way I'm going to say it. But who knows if it might be wrong. Everyone might be saying it wrong. Just like for, what, five years we were all saying- uh, Brayden Cloutier's wrong, uh, name wrong. So um, really quick, since we brought up Eero, then we'll get to the preview of the upcoming match. Cause I want to ask this question. Um, I'll, I'll go to Brad really quick on this one. I'll give you a chance to be the, the star of this question is, um, is it, is is ero struggling because this he wasn't really expecting to play big minutes I, I i think maybe a lot of people thought he might be this player that's coming in and maybe like a, off the bench if you need a target man or giving you about 30 minutes a, a match uh and second question i want to ask do we feel sorry for the guy that you know he can't help that he's twice as big as some of the players we watched this vegas match and it looked like a few of the players just bounced off of him like they were like they were like super bouncy balls and Eero's not phased by it. And he's just like landing on the ground, jumping up and down. And someone's just like flying 30 feet away from him when they run into him um, and getting called for the foul when he's really not doing anything, but just jumping. Um, So I I know that was a lot to ask, Brad, what are your thoughts on those questions? If you can remember them
4: Um, for the first one, which was kind of what, uh, is he, is he being asked too much? I think the correct way to phrase that is, uh, they haven't found really how to use him right now. Um, you know, he's a big target um, and he's kind of, you know, I guess working his way through the system a little bit. Um, definitely the talents there with him. Um, and I do really hope that we get to see some more goals from him. Uh, has he scored on the season so far? Yes. Twice. Okay. So yeah, I hope to see more out of him. Uh, oh, how was that? One of the games where he scored. How could I forget? Um, yeah, no, so bad, uh, but I think it's just they're figuring out how to use him still. But also, he is being outshined by Damus or Damus. Uh, Damis has had a really good set of games the past couple weeks, and I think the team's starting to work with him a little bit up top more, um, and is seeing more production when he's just allowed to be let loose with all of his speed. So I think the team still needs to work on uh, marketing and how to use him properly. But he's definitely still a very potent weapon that Orange County has.
0: I like it, Brad. Brad is like professional. He he was not phased by the sound effects master Cameron there drinking his water from his I water bottle. He just beer. kept going. He just kept going. At least, at least, Brad, you're not having to listen to uh, his roommate brushing their teeth. Uh, that's always a challenge to speak over. Uh, Cameron, I'll give you last word on this, well, and then we'll move on to preview previewing the Low match.
3: I mean, how many times have we talked about Chris Wehan right now? zero like he he is a scoring option from deep but the fact is like we're getting production from ronaldo getting getting production from other parts of the pitch we all we just now we kind of forget like chris 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 weehan still exists and he and he is prolific when he gets going so i think it's i think at the end of the day it's a good position to be in like that's I, it's from last season there was an inability to finish chances now oc is now armed to the teeth with forwards and puts a lot of pressure on some of the star guys as well but ha- i think this is a very good option to have second place in the western conference after you know slow starts to most of our matches it's a good position to be in really <laughs>
0: And, and let's just say this, right? We're three points behind Phoenix with a game in hand. Thanks to uh, Allen's team down in San Diego this past weekend. We'll get to that after we preview the Los Dos match though. Let's talk about this match against Los Dos. I see Orange County going into this, uh, looking for a little bit of revenge because uh, Los Dos came into championship soccer stadium just a few weeks back and um, sort of dominated Orange County. I know it was back and forth, but I really feel like um, a lot of the good moments came from Los Dos and not from Orange County. Um, Correct me if I'm wrong, gentlemen. You you can definitely do that. But um, what does Orange County need to do differently in this match than the last time they played uh to come away with the full three points? I'll go to you, Alan. Defend. All right. As <laughs> simple and sweet as always from Alan. Um, which really that's that that is the answer, right? Because what they gave up four goals. Uh it was a four to three score line. So yeah, you know, the, the cool thing with this Orange County team is they can actually score goals this year. This is something, like Cameron said, they struggled with uh, last season, they're actually putting goals. It's the defense that's letting them down a little bit more. So add a little bit more to that though, Alan.
2: I think it, LA galaxy is one of those teams where, um, they're going to give up some goals. And so you just have to make sure that you're not, um, getting caught out or putting yourself in a position to give up too many goals. Um, Lostos has kind of been up and down, uh, this past seat or this season as is normal. Um, they have lost two in a row. Um, they lost four to three against Vegas. Uh, they lost to San Diego at home, giving up uh, two goals late. Um, so they're definitely a team you can beat. Um, and I think you just have to make sure that you're playing good fundamental soccer um, and staying positional in the back. And I think that, the way that San Diego's, or sorry, orange County has been playing. Sorry, I was looking at the San Diego LA galaxy score uh, that orange County has been playing. I think they're in a good position to, to win, uh, but they have to make sure that they're not giving up silly plays um, and, or silly fouls because Los dos can hit free kicks as well. Pretty well, uh, pretty success- successfully. Uh, so you just got to defend.
0: Dylan, what are your thoughts?
1: We have to start well. And, um, we continually just start off the first 15 minutes of the game slowly, and we dig ourselves a big hole. And I mean, that's almost verbatim from Braden Um And I think the, the follow up to that is we're going to be very tired in this match. We just played in 110 degrees for 95 minutes. And um, this one's going to be a war of attrition, I think. It's like, all right, if you're ready to go, you're probably going to play. Um, maybe Nathan Smith. Um, and Brent Richards didn't play the majority of that match because they might be better suited, <clears throat> excuse me, to a match like this. But I think make it through the opening twenty minutes without conceding, maybe Nick a goal and then hope to God that you can sit back and just kind of ride this one out and um, get a point or hopefully three points um, because there's a there's another hard match following this one. Um, just kind of you just gotta survive. start well and survive.
0: Is that someone laughing in your background there, Dylan? Yes, my apologies. <laughs> they were just laughing at what you had to say. That's all it is. Um, Brad, your thoughts really quick on this low Stos match um, and what Orange County needs to do, uh, maybe besides play defense. Um, do you have any additional thoughts?
4: Um, I'd like to see a change because Orange County either gets has started off slow, like Dylan has said, or has kind of stumbled right before halftime. Uh, right at the end of the first half in – Vegas and last time we played uh, Los Dos, uh, Orange County allowed a goal and Orange County also allowed a goal against uh, Los Dos in the 88th minute of their last uh, meeting. So I'd like to see instead of being the team that can't close out a half or can't start a half out successfully, I'd like to see us being able to be the team to do that instead of being scored on, you know, in the 39th minute, in the 40th minute. Um, so I think that's my key to the game is close out the halves and, uh, echo what Dylan said and start them off, uh, properly.
0: Let me go to you, Cameron, and then we'll do some predictions on this match of the score.
4: Well, orange County just needs
3: to move the ball better and find a way to break Los stoves press because oftentimes the ball is moved too slowly or they try to bypass the midfield. Also there was, it, it didn't go without individual mistakes. Brent Richards had a nightmare that game, and he got turned for the first goal, got the ball dispossessed, and then he left too many too much space open between him and the center back for the second one. So there's two of those goals were in the were defensive error, like one of them was a defensive error leading to a goal, and he didn't have the best game. So as long as like Orange County finds a way to break Los Dos' press. I think they, I think they stand a chance
0: to win. Perfect. Um, Yeah, hopefully they win. I want to see Orange County continue uh, with wins here uh, and put pressure on Phoenix uh, for top spot in the Western conference. Uh, Let's do this. Let's get to our predictions for this match. Uh, As always, uh, we're doing a season long uh, competition for uh, match predictions uh, with a scoring algorithm uh, that basically says we get four points if we correct or correctly pick the outcome, whether it's a win, loss or tie for Orange County. Um, and then we get three points either way if we correct one of the score lines correctly. Uh, so at this point, uh, after we didn't do the very first match of the season. So we've gone six matches now. Um, so after the Vegas match, we've got Brad and Dylan in first place. So Dylan, man, you're in first place in everything right now. That's that's pretty. Uh, it's pretty crazy. I, I'm a little worried with that. Um, y'all both have 18 points. We've got Allen with 14 points, and I am in last place with 11 points. You look a little confused there, Dylan. Um,
1: Just want to say that I would trade my two first places for Orange County to win the cup at the end of the year. And um,
0: y'all? so. So if they do end up winning the cup, if you end up winning both of these competitions and if Orange County wins the cup, we are going to officially erase you as the winner of these competitions. We will uh, cross out your name on whatever trophy it is you would get, and we will um, just make it a blank trophy this year. Um, so let's go to score predictions. I'm going to go to you first, Alan. What is your prediction? As always, I want the Orange County score first um, for this match. against 3-2. Los Angeles. 3-2. So 3-2 Orange County. What about you, Brad? Yeah. He's muted, as always, folks. He, he was going to steal... steal three, two. Yeah.
4: Oh. No, 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 no. I was going to say the opposite. I was going to say, not the opposite score, but I was going to say, you didn't steal my answer for once. 2-1 Orange County.
0: All right, uh, Dylan, what's your uh, prediction on the score for this match? 1-1. Uh, one, one. Um, yeah, 1-1. One, 1-1 one. One, one draw, all right. And... Um, as I've been doing much of this year, I'm going to let a guest uh, predict the score for me on this one. So, Cameron, what is your score prediction for Orange County versus Los Tos? Orange County score first. I am going to say two to two. Two to two. So both uh, myself and Dylan will be going for the draw. Um, Alan and Brad are hoping for the victory uh, for Orange County uh, to get the points on here. So we'll see how that goes. That match is just less than 24 hours from now. Um, if you're watching us live, if you're listening to our podcast and you waited a few days to listen, this match has already happened. So you sort of know what happened already. Um, hopefully we got the, one of us got the predictions right on that. Um, we do have our fantasy, uh, soccer, our playing for pride, fantasy soccer, although I have not verified the, um, points on that one after the Las Vegas match. So I'm not going to go through and give official, um, scores, but I will just sort of give, a. Uh, where everyone sort of is and we'll just see if it's correct but dylan is dominating right now with one match to go um at least with the um unofficial scores he has like a a plus 10 advantage on that so again it has to be a a massive like he has to have all of his players not play in this upcoming match to really be hurt if um he was smart he picked you know four players that are more than likely starting each and every uh, night so that's a guaranteed like 12 points there each night, even if they don't score anything. So uh, unless they get carded or anything like that. So um, Andy is the one in second place. You know, he has one player that's basically carrying his team and that's Ronaldo Damas Um, has, I want to say like most of his, well, he only has two players that have scored more than 10 points um, and the rest other three combined have one point. So that just shows you how. but he's in second place because of it, because of that amazing Haitian scoring machine. Uh Alan's in third place. I'm still in fourth place, at least I'm not in last place. But Brad, you know, this is the first time he's done this, and he's not really paid attention to what we've done in this in the past. So he's he's learning. Um, but there's still this this last match against uh Los Dos, and we'll I see have how that goes. And if if players. If there is a tie after the Los, Los Dos match for first place, we will rely on the match on July 1st against Colorado Springs as the tiebreaker between the two first-place teams. Um, but that that just means, like I said, Dylan has to just have a crazy collapse on this last match, which I don't think will happen. Um, don't put that, that energy this. out there.
1: Just <laughs>
0: <laughs> Let's jump into some uh, other soccer news anyone wants to talk about. First of all, I, we're going to go to uh, – I'm not even going to say who wants to talk first. I'm going to go straight – to Mr. Brad. Uh, he made the trip to Oakland for the Oakland Roots home opener, first ever uh home match in the USL. And so when we found out via Twitter that the match was being postponed about this was like 30 minutes before kickoff, they share, hey, the match is postponed. The officials in the league said the pitch is unplayable or whatever it is. I, I'm like, Brad, you were going to Oakland, right? And he's like, Yep, I was there. And so, Brad. Give us the rundown. Was the pitch as bad as uh, the pictures make it look out to be and uh, bad enough in your opinion for the league and the refs to say, let's not play this match?
4: So first of all, uh, let me just say, if you haven't seen the photos yet, um, June 19th was the game. Check my Twitter for that day. Uh, I have a couple of close up photos because I was literally right next to the field in the uh, the Roots Radical supporter section uh, hanging out with those fine folks. Um, Basically what happened was, so this is a football field that's from OKC Rayo from years ago. And it's kind of like a, a mosh podge of, I think the team said it was, uh, 2,900 panels of turf or something like that that are all stitched together. And from talking to uh, one of the uh, members of the team after the game got postponed, they were perfectly comfortable playing on it, but uh, the team they were playing against and the referees kind of took a look at the field and they said that's not going to happen. So essentially what did happen for this game was um they were supposed to have a brand new pitch that was supposed to be installed ready to go um but COVID-19 was a thing and kind of uh stalled the the delivery of the field. Okay, so uh Ray just pulled it up on screen. So if you can see in like the center bottom of the uh screen, you can see kind of the turf coming up at the uh pit at the uh track and field. So this field was laid upon a college football field stadium, uh, the turf there, and it stretches over four lanes of uh, track, track and field track on the outside uh, lanes on each side. And essentially, the team, uh, Sacramento saw the field, they didn't want to play it play on it the referee saw the field and they said this isn't approved by the league um and what was going to happen this week is they were going to install their new field which they have now unfortunately they're not able to do that Uh, i guess it's going to take them a little while and right now a couple of hours ago from us recording this episode uh they have since announced to the soccer world that they're going to be playing this uh Saturday's match, Saturday the 26th against uh, Austin Bold behind closed doors at one of the community colleges in Livermore, California. So I don't know how they're going to do it with the television. I think they're just going to get like those little boom razors things and uh, sit the cameras on top of those. But it's just a very interesting uh, set of events that occurred. Um, Some positive notes I did... After they canceled the game, they did uh, give out a ton of free beer. I snuck some out of the stadium. Um, this is Tropical Adventure from uh, a brewery in Oakland. Actually, very good sour. Do recommend it. Um, and also, Marshawn Lynch was there. He got on a golf cart and drove around the stadium throwing out hot dogs. And I was able to snack one of those and promptly gave it to one of my friends who was hungry. So it's nice to see Beast
0: Mode. Let me go to you really quick, uh, Dylan. Is there any excuse for on Oakland's part for not having a playable surface available when you're for your home match, especially being that this was like I think the last home match they were the last team to be played, right? I mean, is there? Can you think of any excuse uh, for Oakland in this situation, or is this uh, an embarrassing thing for not just them but the league as a whole?
1: Oh, this looks so bad for the league. Uh, Never mind what it looks like for Oakland, but realistically, the club and I think the league the club should have gone to the league and said, "Hey, this our, our new field. Um, they got no roots," according to Cameron. Um, pun intended. But they should have gone to the league a week ago and said, "Look, our new field's not going to get here on time." And I mean, this this turf is stuff stuff of legend. Like, it's it's kind of hilarious. Um, and they should have gone to the league and said can we do something about this? Um, and, and kind of done what they did the situation and yeah, that sucks. That means you don't get a Juneteenth celebration and yeah, that sucks. That means your home opener is in front of no fans, but it looks a lot better than letting a couple thousand people in your stadium and then going, ha, whoops, ha JK two hours before the game starts. And then just giving them a ton of free beer to try and placate them. Um, but Hey, this is uh, U.S. soccer. So
0: what'd you really expect? Let me, let me ask you, Alan, um, you know, Sacramento fans made the trip, but luckily they're within a driving distance of Oakland. Uh, What would you think if, like maybe Phoenix or San Diego is traveling up to this? It's going to be a a flight. Um, Would there be demands from the fans? Hey, we want money to cover our airfare that we paid to come watch a match that didn't take place. And how would that go down? Like would that even be a logistic fight for the fans? I I, I'm curious.
2: I mean, you always travel at your own, at your own risk. Um, I, I don't think there is a mechanism to repay fans who traveled to a match. Um, but I think this speaks to a couple of things. There's rumblings about uh, front office issues with the roots. Um, they do a lot of really good marketing um, and they're visually stunning, but there's been some rumblings that things have not been hunky dory up in Oakland um, as I'm gonna borrow, yeah, that Cameron Firefest FC, um, but I mean that's kind of what it is. It's it's if things are delayed, you know they're delayed, so you need to start working on on figuring that out ahead of time. Like, don't wait until the day of to try and throw something together. You know this is going to be an issue, so you reach out to the community and find a secondary venue that's going to work. Um, It's a five thirty kickoff, which means you're done at seven thirty. Like you could have even moved it up a few hours. Uh, Hey, let's do a you know three thirty kickoff where we don't need lights. Um, I I think that there are things that you can do. Yeah, maybe you don't have as many fans, but you can still do your Juneteenth celebration uh, with everybody like you did after the match. Um, I, I think there are things that logistically are problematic when a team waits to the last minute to get things done. I just think it speaks to um, kind of where their front office is. Um, And hopefully that isn't the actual truth or reality that this is just a kind of a one-off, but it seems to be um, maybe a little bit more of a reading the tea leaves of maybe Oakland wasn't ready to move to USL. um, And if they are really wanting to stay here and do you know division two soccer they're going to need to figure some stuff out and have some backup plans and have some options if their field's not ready like obviously this is going to fix itself eventually but it's it's you know to borrow was that ricardo gutierrez on your screenshot it's disgraceful and it's it's bad you're putting your players at risk you're putting your way fans or way players at risk Uh, this is an unsafe environment and it's just unacceptable
4: i just want to jump back in um and kind of echo what Dylan said that you know a couple thousand fans show up. Um, that place was packed. There was it was easily going to be sold out. There was a lot of people in the wings of the stadium, even people sitting outside the stadium watching through, through the little openings that they had. Um, it was packed. It's inexcusable. This is the last home game that any team in the league had it. You know the league started playing games in late April um there's no excuse that a team shouldn't be shouldn't be able to have a playable surface the third week of june
0: yeah it's it's one of those things i mean you knew you're going to be playing this is something that should have been taken care of uh before any of the games kicked off let alone you know two months into the season Um, You should have already had everything organized for where you're going to be playing and making sure it's going to be a playable surface. Um, I look at the whole situation. I'm a parent of two boys and I try and teach the boys. If you do something wrong, let me know or, you know, admit to it right away. Don't try and hide it and make it worse, which is what this sort of is, right? Oakland knew had to know that that wasn't going to fly with, with uh, the league, the reps, the other team, yet they tried to still sneak it by and try and sort of, um, you know, keep going and, and who cares, and, and maybe we'll get away with it. And then, yeah, we see what happens sort of that backlash. And, and the thing that sucks about this one for Oakland, I, I'm not trying to give them excuses, but they built this big, big like uh, brand identity, and there was a lot of hype be- behind this team heading into the season. And now, with not just this, but some of the other things that have happened, it's dying rather quickly. So we're learning that you can't just be all hype. You actually have to be able to, you know, walk the walk uh, when you're doing all this stuff. And fortunately, they failed in that. Cameron, you didn't get to speak on this, I'm going to give you a quick a brief moment to speak, but keep it brief because we got to wrap things up.
3: Well, I mean, I, I feel like I don't have much unique to say about this. It's disgraceful. Um Square Patch gr- Square Patch Grass FC, um Firefest FC. Um it's it's a it's a disaster. It's like it's like imagine like you're rolling up to you know like someone tells you hey, I need, I need you to get this done in 3 weeks. Like, all right, gotcha. And like no progress comes up, and then it's like, oh yeah, about that. It's it's not ready yet. It's like like to Russell's thing, I think Russell had a comment up top, like mistakes that this happened all the time, but it it's this can't be categorized as a mistake. This can't be categorized as a mistake. Like this is this is it's it was long enough. There were the last home games. This is just an unmitigated disaster. Like, this is more than a mistake.
0: Nice way to to wrap things up there. Um, I was going to talk to Alan about Phoenix, San Diego, but I, I'm sure you can go listen to Fair Weather Pod to find out what those uh, San Diego fans have to think about that. So we're going to skip that. We're going to wrap things up here. So we're going to go to our random thoughts of the night. I'm going to go first to Dylan. Dylan, what is your random thought for tonight?
1: Uh, I just heard a firework outside, so my random thought is... Fireworks are stupid, and uh, don't set them off.
0: Okay. Um, yeah, I'm gonna go to Brad next because he's in Nevada, so I think that's like you have to love fireworks if you live in Nevada. What are your What are your thoughts, Brad? Um, I mean, I I love fireworks, but
4: I hate all the fireworks that uh, firework advertisements that the uh, Vegas Lights said <laughs> during their game. Um, with that said, I got two things for you. The first is, I'm not even going to ask for any uh, answers for this, but I have a really good quandary of a question for you guys, like I like to come up with to ask the players. So, you have a straw. Does it have two holes, or is it only one long hole for the whole straw? Um, Also, on a more fun note, um, this past weekend while I was down there, my twin brother was up in the uh, Bay Area too, and asked me to be his best man for his wedding. Gave me this nice little glass, so... I'm nervous as hell for that,
0: but I'm going to have a lot of fun. Perfect. Uh, Alan, your random thought.
2: My random thought is that we should make sure that we engage each other in positive ways. Uh, it, I, I think both the San Diego traveling to Orange County and Phoenix coming out to San Diego just reinforce that we can support opposite teams without being uh, dicks to each other about it. Uh, I had a really pleasant experience yesterday uh, grabbing drinks with some Phoenix fans who were still in town um, and it just reminded me that, you know, we're all here supporting lower division soccer. So um, be less dickish to each other and uh, grab a beer or a, or a seltzer or a um, cider or a water, but, you know, just
0: be nicer to each other, please. And Cameron, uh random thought from you, maybe. Do you have a history random thought to share with us? Or is it just a random thought?
3: Well, it's history related. Like I've, I've been really trying to get like, I haven't played like a strategy game since stronghold back in the day. And I'm really debating whether I should buy Rome total war II, emperor edition. So I'm thinking, do I want, do I want blood and gore with historical accuracy or uh, like, is it worth the 50 bucks? I'm really debating this.
1: Should flip a coin, yes, or or hear me out. Spend put a a poll on on Twitter. Spend fifty dollars on two of the Orange County Pride shirts.
0: Yes, that's a good idea too. There we go, and um, that was going to be my random thought. Right? Is uh, Orange County? I think it was today they announced the uh, the those shirts are now available for release, and they're going to sort of go a step further, and they're going to sort of help support Brent Richards in his playing for Pride um, month, and they're going to donate a portion of each. Uh, sale of the shirts towards uh, playing for pride and uh, what Brent, Brent, Richards is supporting, by the way, Brent Richards, my first round draft pick for the fantasy soccer uh, playing for pride uh, for our website or our, our podcast or whatever. I, I'm lost for words now. Um, so awesome for the club to do that. Cause th- I, I'm excited. Cause this is the first year we're really seeing the club make a push into the, the month of June and the pride and and, and the playing for pride and all that stuff, which is awesome to see. I want to see this continue Um, each and every season, which is great. Uh, And Caroline Coalition has been doing great with that as well, which is awesome. You see the rainbow flags out there uh, in the stands uh, for all that. So that's pretty awesome. Well, that's going to wrap things up really quick. I want to give each each of you a chance to let everyone know where they can follow you on social media. I'll go to you first, our guest, Cameron. Uh, Where can our listeners uh, follow you for more history lessons? Well, you can follow
3: me at my personal Twitter, at what Cameron
0: said, because I'm also
3: reigniting my soccer writing if you want to know about my tottenham musings and the content i will be writing about orange county sc you can see me there podcast mouthful of history you know algerian war of independence part one is out so give it a listen part two is gonna be dropping soon and we
0: got we got some stuff about guatemala coming up we're talking about guatemala Perfect. Do you drink one of those Argentinian drinks while you're talking about history, or is that only when you're on our podcast? Um, only when I'm on your podcast. Awesome. Brad, uh, where can our listeners follow you? And he doesn't want to say because he's muted again. That is a growing trend. A
4: pal in the sky on Twitter machines.
0: Uh, Alan. Hey, Underwood48 on the Twitter machines. Dylan.
1: At OCSC underscore
0: Dylan. Oh, he didn't do his Reddit one. Okay, perfect. Um, uh, you can follow me on Twitter at more. You can also follow the podcast on Twitter at OCSC underscore Cast. You can also go to our website to find all of our episodes and also read what we have to say. Cameron's going to be contributing to that a little bit as well, uh, and that's OCSCPodcast.com. Uh, for Cameron, our guest today, and also for our host, Dylan Allen-Brad, I am Ray. This is the Orange and Black SoccerCast, and we are out. Oh,